Welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged, broken, and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse, no matter the heart condition, to a closer walk and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God can and does heal marriages, no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Larson. With me, as always, is my co-host, Amy Larson. Say hello, Amy. Hello. We are sitting outside this time uh, on our back porch, enjoying clear skies and a quite comfortable day. This is in stark contrast to our previous <laughs> recording. If you listened in, you, you no doubt heard... Uh, the rain in the background. So we've been under a deluge for the past, actually, past few weeks. What, like three weeks, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty heavy. We've had a lot of flooding around here, and uh, needless to say, this is a welcome change. Oh yeah, a breath of fresh see. air for right. sure. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started today, and uh, what we wanted to do is really meet. Our audience where they are and uh, in the course of dealing with marital problems some of you might be at varying stages uh, you might not have gone through the divorce process you might be just struggling uh, maybe you're you're in counseling right now or maybe you've already experienced divorce uh, regardless we want to basically today walk you through both the uh, prodigal and the standards point of view at the point in your marriage where uh, divorce is becoming a reality and uh, we're going to focus right now on what it's like to get served initially get served those divorce papers and uh, since I wasn't the one to actually, well, you could make the case that I was the one that started that whole process, uh, living my life in such a way as to create an environment where Amy did not feel safe or comfortable and she felt like uh, the only way out was to escape the marriage uh, through divorce. But having set up the uh, environment creating an environment that was conducive or hostile uh, to Amy, I will go ahead and you know, take my full responsibility there. But in terms of actually pursuing the divorce, that was something that um, Amy decided to do on her own. And there were influences there that were pushing her in that direction. And uh, I think we, we want to go ahead and just take a look at what it was that you were thinking uh, maybe some of the things that you were hearing in terms of device, uh, advice rather, that were pushing you in that direction. Uh, yeah, um, I think for me, a lot of it was just the feeling of needing to free myself. And I think that we get so caught up in today's culture with thinking that, you know, if you get rid of one problem, all your problems can be solved. And really all I was doing was 
running away from one big issue and creating a whole nother um, life full of other issues that would have to be dealt with. Um, but I think at, at, at the time, I don't know what my exact thoughts were other than to say that I do believe that I felt like I needed to just free myself from my marriage. Um, I did not believe that God would ever change Tommy. Um, and I didn't take any real responsibility on my own. I think I felt like in the past 10 years or the past 10 years of our marriage that I had done everything that I could do and nothing was working. And so at the point where I was seeking divorce, I think that was kind of my my resort to all my problems. If I can just divorce him, all of my problems will be solved. Um, but now you, you grew up in the church. And I did. you knew what the position was of Scripture I regarding did. divorce. And how, how were you able to reconcile or justify that? Because you were certainly reminded of what amounts to the biblical... Uh, justification <laughs> and you know we can have another episode on uh, basically fleshing that out uh, but for you uh, you were familiar with what the what the Word of God had said regarding you know adultery uh, that was that was one of the conditions what was the other condition that had to be met in order for you to be granted a certificate of divorce. Abandonment. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. So really there were those, those two things. So uh, did you try to... Uh, Set you up? Yes. Well... <laughs> no, really. Um, I mean, if we're being candid and honest, I was receiving advice at the time from both, at the time, friends, as well as a counselor. And in that, uh, the advice that I was receiving, it was very much a secretive, like I was to do everything in secret um, because we didn't know how Tommy would respond. And so I, I really was kind of, even though he was out of the home, I, was, I still felt like I was sneaking around and doing things that I, I shouldn't. Now, I, I actually left the home because I was asked to. And yes. one of the things that Amy felt was that the environment I was creating was uh, dangerous. She was fearful. You know, I had not exhibited any physical uh, abuse. abuse. Yeah, but there was certainly emotional damage that had been done to her over the course of years based on my actions and my words. And so she was to the point where uh, you know, some of the interactions we would have, I would, I would get very, very loud and uh, would be very scary uh, to the extent that I was raising my voice and yelling. And so uh, she was fearful yes. that it could actually escalate and reach another level. And so for that reason, she asked me to leave. And I did. Uh, with the 
thinking and understanding that my leaving would, would help her a period of time for, for a period of time you know to give her the space that she needed and that that was something I heard quite a bit was that I just needed my space and uh, maybe if you're in a position right now where your husband or spouse is thinking of leaving or maybe they've left and they keep telling you that they need their space uh, there might be some truth to that but I think there's something underneath the surface that maybe they're not revealing. Yes. And you said that quite a bit. Yes, that was... And what was that code for, really? That, that was code for, I need you to get out of my life, get out of our house. Um, I did need my space, but more than anything, I wanted this space to never be occupied by you again. Um, and I told Tommy I'd made it. And I, I, I do think that I was not forthcoming at all. I wasn't truthful or honest. I made him believe that there was a chance that I was going to let him come back. Um, and in actuality, that was not true. I had no intentions of ever letting back, him back into our home. Um, I no longer wanted to work it out. And in fact, I wanted to get divorced so I could live my own life and do what I wanted to do without um, having any type of accountability or um, influence from Tommy in my life. And so I think when I said, you know, I just need my space, I felt like that that would get him to leave. And he did leave. Um, but why I was wanting him to leave was so that I could go about my business and, and, and not have to be as secretive. I could pursue a lawyer and I could pursue a divorce without him knowing where I was going or what I was doing or who I was talking to. And I, I think that was really the motivation for getting him to leave the home, um, at least in my case. And that may not be the same case for everyone. But for me, it was certainly, if I could just get him out of the house, then I can do whatever it is that I want to do. Um, and I think also a part of it was I used the, the controlling and the anger issues. Well, that's how you, you framed it. Yes, I framed it that way. And you way. framed it quite effectively so as to really leave me with no other choice right than to and it was almost more of a if i'm not leaving i'm not listening to you yes right but it was also more of a i i saw at the point that i had asked tommy to leave um i saw a real fear in in our children as well and i felt like at the time it was no longer just affecting me it was affecting our children um, but really what should have happened there is that we should have gone to um, our pastors um, and, and biblical counselors at the time. Well, she, she did. She, you did. Well, you yeah. did. Initially, I, you went to. <laughs> Initially, yes, I sought out one of the pastors at the church that we were not members of, but we had been visiting, and basically told the pastor that there's a real problem with Tommy, and he needs counseling, and he needed help. And at the point where the pastor 
responded and got back with me to let me know, hey, I've contacted your husband. I'm ready to set up counseling. Um, at that point, I was done. And I felt like that um, Tommy was the one that needed help. I didn't need any help. Uh, basically, I had asked the pastors to help Tommy, but I was out. I, I was done. <laughs> so, as to uh, get him help, but apparently I didn't need any myself. And our marriage certainly didn't need any because I was done with our marriage. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that played out. Okay, so uh, about the time you, you met with a lawyer and you had papers drawn up, uh, I mean, you had been ready for that moment for a while. I mean, you had been preparing for that. You had been planning it. Oh, yes. On, and on the other hand, here I was being led to believe that our, this separation was going to be temporary. I was seeking restoration, mm -hmm. and I was hearing... And um, you were already in counseling I was already point. in counseling. A lot of the things that I had allowed to come into my life were being dealt with. Uh, and one of the conditions that uh, I was held accountable to early on there, and that was one of the motivations for me finding a place, was that as, as soon as I did, I was assured, well, when you have a place of your own, then we can set up some kind of schedule to where you'll be able to get the boys and spend time with them. And so, again, I wasn't thinking of it, even though I was going to... Um, sign a contract for a lease, I wasn't thinking of it in any way as something that would be long term. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy was thinking it was going to be forever. Oh, yes. All right. So our minds uh, were, were very clearly places. yeah, not on the same page at all. And so... <clears throat> but to be fair, I also was communicating one thing all the while doing something completely different. Um, and I think for a couple of reasons, for one of, one of the reasons being that I think a, a part of me really was scared. I didn't know how you would react. Um, I wasn't sure how you would take the news. I also, um, I also think that I didn't really care how how you took it. I mean, I was fearful on one and on one front, but in the, on the other front, it was like this is a done deal. I mean, it, it's over and once he gets served, he'll realize. And I think he even said those words. Oh, you're about to realize. Yeah, I remember how real <laughs> one conversation we had on the phone. Um and I, I can't remember exactly what it was we were discussing, but there was some disagreement in the phone conversation. Uh, oh, I, I knew what it was. Yeah, now I remember there was something going on with one of our children. They were struggling emotionally. To cope with to, it. To cope with this, right. And uh, I was, at the time, making the case that, well, what he's dealing with is, is the fact that the family is, is fractured. Daddy isn't around. And if that was fixed, then he likely wouldn't be dealing with emotionally was he, what he was at the time. And Amy at the time was to, well, we just need to put him into counseling so he's going to deal with it, not actually go back to the root cause. Uh, and that was the fact that 
here you have a marriage that's crumbling and headed towards divorce, and now daddy's out of the house. But I think it I was, also didn't realize, because around me, the boys didn't really cry or show a lot of emotion, and so I, I, I felt like the emotion was really coming from from Tommy, that he was the one, he was acting out his emotions yeah. and they were playing off his emotions. Um, so I made it very clear to him, look, you're not to talk about adult issues. I mean, it was even worded that way. Yeah. Um, we're not to talk about adult issues. You're not to tell the boys that you're coming home because in fact you are not, you will never come home. So you don't need to lie to them. Um, and, and I think at some point you said something about there being a, a seriousness involved or it was something about, well, no, the, you know, I'm not sure how serious this is or something along mm -hmm. those lines. And, yeah. and my response was, oh, you're about to see how you're serious about to see how serious I am. I am. Yeah. And I, I took that as a veiled threat and I knew full well what it meant and in the back of my mind I had a feeling or sense that um, she was working behind the scenes to pursue a divorce uh, even though you know she had said otherwise that she wasn't interested in the divorce uh, but the things just weren't right they weren't they weren't adding up um, <clears throat> so when when it actually happened, uh, I was, it happened on a Saturday, I was home, or at, I shouldn't call it home, I never considered it home. I was at the apartment with the boys and uh, mid-morning on a Saturday, uh, I heard a knock on the door and I never got anyone visiting me over there at the apartment. And as soon as I heard the knock, it's just I knew in my heart exactly what it was. I knew exactly what it was. Uh, before I even opened the door. And as soon as I did, uh, there was a fella with an envelope, Miller envelope, not saying a word, just handing it to me. And I, I took it. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened if I would have just said, no thanks, I'm not interested. And then <laughs> just shut the door. I guess that, that might have been, uh, it, it still would have been considered that I was served. Uh, but I took it and... Um, he left, didn't say a word. I, I just saw this, you know, when I looked at him, it just seemed like there was a dead soulless look in his eye. Like, I'm just doing my job. I don't care that I know what this is and you're, you're about to be wrecked, but it's no skin off my nose. That's sort of what I sensed. And when I, when I closed the door and opened it up, um, of course, it, it's exactly what I had feared. And it was... It was the complete opposite of what I had been praying for at that time. Uh, I had been praying very, very hard that it wouldn't go down this path and this road. And uh, I looked over it and I remember calling you up, Amy, on the phone. Yeah, and I was just as shocked as you that you were served and I was very upset even though I know you said that you know this wasn't something that you were expecting. Uh, I mean, you were expecting it in a sense. I was sense, fearing it, but you didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Um, but really, I didn't know it was coming either, and it did not go down the way that I had wanted to either. 
um, because I was devastated when I found out that the boys were at Tommy's apartment. Um, you didn't seem very devastated at the time, as I recall. In fact, you kind of your your response was kind of laughable. Well, I'm sorry. Um, well, I'd take. I, well, I'll say my response may have been that way because if we backtrack a little bit, they had a um, whoever was serving the papers had attempted to serve them for two weeks, and so all the while. I'm anticipating, I hope he hurries and gets these papers because I want to be done with this process. And every time that he attempted to serve them, Tommy was not home. Um, the reason being, or one of those reasons, is because he had to get a second job in order for us to make ends meet and financially afford a house and him an apartment. Um, and so... Most of the time, I believe, when they attempted to serve him, I think, I think, he wasn't home. Well, I think at that point I hadn't actually started my second job yet. That happened uh, several months later, but I was very, very involved at the church. Uh, basically, uh, okay. every time the church was open, you were there. I, I, I was there, right? Helping out. Well, and a I believe bit. you had said that you really dreaded going to the apartment, and the only time that you came back was in order to go to sleep so you could get up for yeah. the next day. Um, I can imagine that being terribly lonely without anyone there. Um, but so they had attempted to serve him for around two weeks. And my only um, request was that they not serve the papers whenever my children were there. And I had even I believe, given them a schedule so they would know what days to go and what days to avoid. Um, so even though it may have not seemed like I was devastated at the time, I remember being very upset and immediately firing off a phone call to my lawyer asking why that you were served when, when the boys were with you. Um, but at the same time, I was a little relieved because I felt like, well, if he was reserved when he had the children, he couldn't completely come unglued or do something maybe rash that in my mind he was capable of doing, um, which, I mean, in our minds, we blow things up way more than they really well, are. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I wanted to sort of hit on what you as a stander might be seeing and hearing from your prodigal and that is the inconsistencies and the things that just don't make sense or add up so you heard Amy say that she had this fear and she saw it in the children right when we were when we were at home and yet uh, here it was they were coming over to the apartment and spending time with me and she was okay with that. And that was one of the things that I didn't, I didn't understand. I thought, well, how can you be afraid of me if I'm there at the house, right? Mm -hmm. But then well, not be afraid if right, the if boys are here. I felt like, though, that it was the, in the equation of how things went whenever we had 
a discussion or communication or a disagreement, um, whenever you seemed angry or whenever there was a big blow up, it was always me being present was the reason and the cause for the blow up or for the argument or for the fight. Um, so I didn't feel like... That okay, so you, you sort of felt like that, quote, toxic environment was not toxic. Because if I both was... Of, if, if both of yes. us were not there. Yes, I was the component that made it toxic. Okay. And so if I removed myself from the environment, or if you removed yourself from the environment, it would no longer be toxic. And I, I didn't have a fear that he was going to hurt our children um, unless I was around and he got so angry at me that, you know, the fleshly side of the anger and the sin poured out over into our children. Um, and I, I believe that that did happen when we were in the home together. However, I never felt afraid or fearful for them to be alone with, with Tommy um, I never felt like he would harm them or hurt them or, you know, run off with them or anything like that. It was just if I was present, that was the component that made it a toxic situation. Mm. Well, one of the things that... But that was never discussed. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I didn't make that clear to you. Um, we, we literally didn't communicate. And when we did, we did not communicate well. And that was one of the big mm. issues in our marriage that was always present, really. Yeah, it was just uh, really amplified uh, during that period. Uh, so, yeah, it was something we struggled with all during our marriage. But then, <laughs> then when it came to this and you're dealing with lawyers and communicating through them, <laughs> uh, my goodness. But I wanted to, I wanted to share how... Uh, the Lord sustained me and helped me through that period. Uh, it was a time of extreme sadness uh, as I felt our one flesh being torn apart. Uh, I had very good biblical counsel at the time and I am very grateful uh, that the Lord placed the people in my life at the time that He did uh, don't believe in coincidences. I believe there are divine appointments. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, throughout my stand, uh, there were people of varying uh, stages in life uh, that stepped in and provided assistance, help, and support to me and my boys. Uh, I had a, a good group of people who were constantly lifting Amy up in prayer myself and the boys and so the Lord was sustaining me through all that but it was very very painful and uh, you know getting that getting served like that and uh, I guess dealing with the realization that I, I can't believe it's come to this I mean I it was hard for me to even look at that paper and see your name written out there on it and my name written on that, uh, and knowing that, you know, the marriage was about to come to an end. Now, I was not going to um, 
allow it to affect what was my view about divorce or the fact that I was going to continue to stand. Uh, I just felt like it was something that the Lord was going to have to um, help me through. Uh, not to just get through the divorce and get on, my, get on with my life, but rather to, um, in our case, he, he allowed it to go through, but he was there throughout the entire experience, and indeed he was faithful, faithful to restore our marriage. Uh, but one of the scriptures that really helped me at that time is from Romans 8. It's, you may be familiar with this, Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And there's purpose, which is part of our, uh, our, uh, the title for our ministry, Purposed Marriage. Uh, <clears throat> but I guess uh, what was of comfort to me at the time was that no matter how difficult a road, the road that we're walking or how painful it is, that God is going to be using that for our own good. And for me, what I had allowed to come into my life and, and all that sin, how it was manifesting itself now with my relationship to Amy, uh, my boys, it was affecting my relationship with, with other people. I had fallen very far off the tracks and in order for the Lord to grab a hold of me, he had to uh, produce some real pain in my life. Uh, put me through the fire, so to speak. And I tell you, this is the sort of thing that really got my attention. Uh, growing up as a young child, I, um, I had to deal with parents who, while we grew up in a Christian home, there was a lot of tension and conflict. And there were oftentimes threats that uh, one or the other, either my mother or my father would leave. And I remember how that would, it would just tear me up as a little child. And um, <laughs> that pain never went away. I always remembered that. And so when I got served these divorce papers, first off, I was, <laughs> I was very hurt because here it was the one thing that as a boy, I didn't want to have happened to my mother and father. Now it was being forced upon me. And uh, I think, too, thinking of our children and the pain that was about to be visited upon them through no fault of their own, it was very hurtful to myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, uh, I hurt a lot for them, and I prayed constantly for them throughout, and many other people did, too because I didn't want any of this visited upon them. But then, of course, I knew I produced this environment, you know, and unfortunately, God had to do something this drastic in order to uh, uh, get my attention. And did he ever? You wanted to say something? Yeah, I think um, I was so blinded by my own sin and my, my own will to get my way and for us to be separated and then divorced and um, completely rid you from my life that I, I was so blinded by um, the pain that the boys suffered. 
I, I didn't see a lot of that. And I think for a couple of reasons, I think one reason they hid a lot of that from me because I was so adamant about daddy isn't coming home and they needed to just deal with this and we're moving forward and we're going to be healthier and happier and, you know, and happiness doesn't come from <laughs> getting rid of your spouse or being on your own. I mean, our, our happiness comes from serving and obeying the Lord. Our joy is in the Lord. And I failed to see that, and I failed to see their pain. Um, and unfortunately, Tommy saw a lot of that. And because they did see their daddy in pain, they would go to him and take their problems to him. And um, it became a very beautiful time for Tommy and the boys to bond. Um, Tommy got extremely close to our children um, and became just an extraordinary husband during during um, the father. trial and the fire. Yeah, and well, I was going to say husband. <laughs> you weren't seeing that, but a father. No, In a fact, father. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, as a as a father, um, I meant to say father, but I know. as a father, it just it it was such a, a beautiful time of bonding between Tommy and the boys. Um, well, and I was being I was being molded yes in that fire and I was I was reading in in scripture and I was being taught what a godly father actually looks like mm -hmm. and uh, praise God for that because yeah. it it was able to uh, cultivate an environment that was conducive to my children and I right. developing a better relationship a relationship that you know wasn't based on fear right. anymore. And I think also, I just wanted to speak to this point quickly um, about how fast Satan can work. Because really, I'd been standing, you know, or like praying for God to intervene in our relationship for 10 years. And at the point that God did intervene in our relationship, I kind of threw up my hands and said, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then it was kind of a, a role reversal, and I was the one running from God, and Tommy was growing closer. And during the time that, you know, Tommy is seeking the Lord and, and trying to work on sin um, in his life and issues even from the past um, and ridding himself from that and, um, you know, re-identifying as I am a believer and a child of God and placing his identity in Christ while he was doing that you know I was placing my identity in all of these other places and really in myself um, I was just I was looking for that one thing that would make me happy and um, and I, I, I know I said that often um, I spoke those untruths to myself um, I, I verbalized it to Tommy, to people around me. Um, so when he was growing closer to the Lord, um, you know, I was, I was behind the scenes trying to set up this situation to where I'm going to get him. And it, it was very well thought out. Um, it wasn't my own idea, I will say that. Um, 
but I absolutely went through with it. And, I, you know, I, I believed it was the right thing to do at the time. And I had deceived myself and allowed Satan um, to use others to help deceive me. Um, but what I was doing behind the scenes was creating an environment to where Tommy was going to be out of the house. Tommy was going to have a place of his own. We were to live separately um, and really due to lack of transportation and help on his part because of his job, um, the boys stayed with me really through the week, um, except on, you know, maybe midweek they would go with Tommy and then they were with Tommy on the weekends. And I actually set that up that way and was encouraged to do so. Um, so that if it came down to it and we did in fact go to court, I could prove abandonment on his part when in actuality I had asked him to leave. Um, but I wanted to set, set it up to where I was paying my own bills. I had my own job. Um, I wanted it to appear on the outside as if he had left and abandoned our family. And, um, I mean, that was far, far, far from the truth. Um, but, but that is, that is what I spent my time doing as he was seeking God. I was seeking a way out. So, you know, that's to, uh, really hit on the fact that when you find yourself in a situation where your marriage is in turmoil, you really need to find good biblical counsel mm -hmm. because what you were hearing was the complete opposite of what you should have been hearing. Yes. And it was considered Christian counsel. Right. And yeah, it um, came under that umbrella, but it yes. was far from Christian. It was far from Christian and it, and it was not in fact biblical at all. I mean, far from it in fact. And, um, I always, I always, I always questioned that because you know, the, the scriptures clearly teach how God actually hates divorce. And I wondered how good Christian counsel could uh, cause someone to head in the direction mm -hmm. and embrace something that God clearly says that he hates. Right. Well, and also I deceived myself and justified my actions by saying, see, he abandoned our family when yeah. in fact you hadn't abandoned our family. So it's just, you know, it's like you read into scripture what what you want it to say is what you make it in your mind. Um, and when you have that, you know, veil over your eyes or that hardening of your heart, you justify your actions um, because you're not living for the Lord at that point. You're reading scripture not to embrace it and be obedient to Christ. You're reading scripture to actually find ways you can manipulate it to use it in your favor. Um, and, and that's what I did. I mean, I really did. I, 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 w I would dug deep to try to find, you know, blog entries and Christians and counselors and anybody that would say, well, it's okay if you do this you're justified for the divorce because of this. And um, you just, you, you justify your actions. You find a way out. Um, even if 
you yourself don't believe it. Well, you know, what it boils down to is justifying you are running from obedience. Yes. And finding ways that you can offer up excuses that'll make you feel like you're not doing something wrong. Right. And also it was blame shifting. Well, if Tommy hadn't have acted this way, I wouldn't have had to divorce him. If he would have Mm -hmm. just been a good husband, I wouldn't be leaving. And so really, you know, instead of diving into my heart and my motivations, um, I was doing the complete opposite of what I wanted him to do. Um, And I was, you know, trying to place motive on him that wasn't even true. Um, I was making him out to be somebody he was in fact not, and he had started changing for the Lord, uh, or started living for the Lord and changing a lot of the the past behaviors. Yeah, the thing is, for the longest time, I was acting uh, the way you were describing me at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was very harsh. I was very uh, heavy-handed in my approach to discipline or how I would handle disagreements uh, with you. Uh, not very loving or gentle. And so, uh, you know, about the time that the Lord really started changing me when all this happened, I was not appearing the same way I was for 10 years of marriage. But, you know, given where you were at, it was very difficult for you to see me in any other light because for 10 years, that's all all you were used to. Right. I think also for 10 years, I'd heard, I'm going to change and things will get better. And then they never did. And it's not that I I, I didn't realize there was a problem. I, I knew deep down that there were things in my life that had to be corrected. I mean, I myself was was running, and you know, some sometime we may get get into some of those things. Uh, what leads a man to become so hard-hearted or mm-hmm. uh, difficult or angry? You know, we can examine some of the things that fuel that. Uh, but maybe you find yourself in a situation now where. Uh, your husband or spouse is is thinking about divorce. Maybe they've already filed. Uh, One thing that I read that I really had hoped Amy would look at, and I actually, I gave her a copy, and she said that she read it. Uh, I I probably glanced at it. I think you may have glanced. Just so that I could say I read it. Yeah, that was the case. It's (laughs) It's a short little book by Lou Priolo, and what I'll do is I'll put a link to this. You can pick it up on Barnes & Noble. Uh, but but the title is Before You Say I Don't. And uh, this short book really did a very good job of laying out the cases, or laying out the case rather, for why you shouldn't rush into this so quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it paints a vivid picture of what is going to change and the negative things that will happen to not just you, but your kids, mm-hmm. your friends, your extended family, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that you can just get a divorce and that's going to solve everything <laughs> is fantasy. It is fantasy. It's absolute fantasy. And uh, this book paints, uh, like I said, a good picture of what is the reality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's also important to point out um, in our lives, not, I mean, our parents were still married. Um, my in-laws 
we're still married. I don't have any siblings. Um, but everyone, pretty much we associated or knew, um, we're still married. Um, and, you know, none of our friends were divorced uh, or going through hard times. So this was really... Well, at least that we could see. Yeah, at least that we could see. People do a very good job of hiding Yes, that things. is true. I'm sure we did too. Right, you know, yeah. I mean, That's why people were shocked. That, they were oh, shocked. Wow, I, wow we, they got divorced. I thought they were doing so well and, you know, so they were a great couple and, you know, none of that. It, it, we hit a lot of uh, we had a lot of those things. So a lot of people were in fact shocked because they didn't really see the issues or the problems. Um, so, and I think I also would like to just encourage you if you're listening and you find yourself in this place um, where you're either getting divorced, you're being served, or you have been served, um, it, it's just to say, God is not a God that's going to leave you where you're at. He can meet you where you are and bring you out of any situation. Um, I was very adamant that Tommy was never, ever coming back to our home. He would never live there. And look how that turned out. (laughs) I was wrong. And I'm, I'm thankful that God worked in my life and in my heart. Um, and helped me see that I needed just as much work in me as Tommy needed in him. And it's not a one-sided issue. You know, likely if there are marital problems, it doesn't just pop up overnight. Now, that's not to say that it can't happen in that way, but more often than not, both parties are at fault in some way um, where, you know, we just fall away from the Lord and quickly it can, it can get out of, out of hand. And um, the further we get from the Lord, the easier it is to run um, away and stay away. And so I'm just very thankful that we did have people speaking truth into Tommy's life Um, and eventually I allowed truth to be spoken into my life Um, and so you know it's just it's just a miracle how God can still work um, in our lives in us and through us and through other people as well and so that's also to say if you aren't receiving good counsel or if you're surrounded by people that, you know, may in fact think you're crazy for your stand or you have people encouraging you, just, you know, just get divorced because it's never going to work out. They're never going to change. Um, those are lies that Satan loves to plant in our minds. And he likes to make us believe that God is not all powerful. And in fact, We serve a great, mighty, powerful God who is capable of healing and restoring any restoration or restoring any relationship, um, regardless of how how much it it may um, be mangled. Well, and no situation, no marriage is so hopeless that God isn't able 
uh, to right that ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as God is sovereign and in control, there is always hope. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. Our address is purposedmarriage at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.